Welcome to the Review to Name podcast. I am, as always, Jordan. With me on the show today, I have Sam. Hello. And Rachel. Hello. This is going to be part one of what I'm calling our very first two-part podcast. This week on the show, we're going to look at some of the big Oscar categories, talk the nominations, talk who we think is going to win, who we think should win, and we will follow up next week after the Oscars telecast with a uh, post-game recap where we discuss all the reasons we cursed, all the things that made us super angry, um, and maybe some of the things that made us happy, which will hopefully be, uh, we'll hopefully have the chance to discuss. I, I'm keeping hope alive here, guys. So, um, basically we want to start with the big one, because that's why you're all here at this podcast that you probably didn't know was about the Oscars before you press play, but we're going to start talking about Best Picture, and from there we'll sort of traverse some of the major categories uh, for this year, and we'll see where we land. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and start by reading off the nominees for the category, for those of you who are not aware, Rachel may be among them. <laughs> um, so the nominations this year for Best Picture are American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, Her, Nebraska, Philomena, 12 Years a Slave, and The Wolf of Wall Street. Sam, why don't we start with you? Thoughts on the best picture, the nominees generally, for, to begin with? Sure. Um, I think I thought this was a really good year. I talked about this a little bit when I did my uh, my top 10 list. I had Her, I think, at number one. Um, and then I had uh, The Act of Killing as number two, which isn't on here. But it is nominated for Best Documentary, and it should win. But we're not going to talk about that. Um, but I thought it was a really, really strong year, and um, I definitely have, you know, there are three or four movies on here. You know, I think Gravity, Her, 12 Years a Slave, The Wolf of Wall Street, if any of those really win, I'll be okay. Um, there's some stuff that I thought was, like, fine, but maybe not, that was, like, it was good, but not maybe Best Picture, like... Um, Philomena or American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club. They were all good, but I don't think they were kind of the step above that I think we got this year. But I think it's a really good group. I don't think we're going to really get... Um, I, I don't see myself being that angry this year because there isn't like a clear outlier that's like so terrible that will win everything. So I'll, I'll probably be as okay with an Oscars uh, broadcast as I've been in a while. Rachel, uh, thoughts on the Best Picture category? So, unsurprisingly to anybody who knows me, I have actually only seen one of these films. Um, and that was... <laughs> I'm super glad that we have Rachel on the podcast. This How time. have you seen only one, Rachel? You, I, just, you don't go to the movies? I don't really go to the movies anymore. It's really sad. It's really oh. sad, you guys. Um, I do want to see all of them, though. Like, well, okay. So, so the, the, one, the one that I have seen is 12 Years a Slave, which I watched uh -huh. alone in the dark in my apartment last weekend. Um, uh -huh. Because I, I put it off so long because I was really terrified by how it would change um, my perception of Michael Fassbender, which is something that's very important to me. So uh -huh. <laughs> I put it off for a really long time, watched it last week, thought it was fucking fantastic. Um, Jordan can attest. I was texting him. Yeah, I was going to say, you watched it alone, by which you mean texting me at like 1.30 in the morning while I was like, great show. <laughs> <laughs> it was really difficult to watch, um, but really fantastic. I don't understand how... Um, Lupita hasn't won everything, um, to be perfectly frank. Um, I love Jennifer Lawrence as much as the next guy, but, um, 
I mean, and I haven't seen American Hustle, so I really can make no judgment call, but whatever. Um, then The Wolf of Wall Street, I was kind of torn on seeing because it seemed so atrocious. And I read this one Forbes article about this like journalist who watched the movie with a bunch of Wall Street people who like all thought he was like the main character, Leonardo DiCaprio's character was like the coolest person ever. And I was like, oh my God, like the douche quotient would probably just be too much for me to endure. Um... I'm glad you're getting your film criticism from Forbes. <laughs> it, it wasn't film criticism. It was just an article. Shut but up, the, I mean, the problem with that is not with the movie, but with the people watching them, which is... But also, no. But, like, the, uh, like the audience that we saw in Glorious Bastards with, Sam. Yeah. That one, that one piece, yes. But kind of moving beyond that, um, because I'm going to go completely off of like cultural articles for most of these. Um, I was concerned about the like pers- like the kind of built up persona of the Wall Street man and the kind of glorification of that. Um, so I was kind of torn on seeing it or not seeing well, it. Well, so as someone who has seen the movie, I think that it does not glorify Wall Street at all, and a lot of those articles were total worship. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. I do. Well, really I just. Wanna... I think. I think the issue is people like. Martin Scorsese portrays like the insane kind of decadence and horribleness of people on Wall Street because to not do that would be to just not tell the truth. And mm-hmm. I think I think in the movie it's made very clear that these are not the good guys. These are people who are very very bad. <laughs> I don't so it's, I, it's not it's not particularly masked at all. It's not he's not just presenting them as like having a great time and then the movie ends. Yeah, it didn't feel like it was subtext to me. It didn't feel like it was <laughs> like it seemed very obvious that like these people are bad people. So I that was one of the things actually Rachel, I'm glad that you brought this up. You're sort of our our man on the street, which is what I'm going to call you for being ignorant about everything we're talking about today. Um, but I'm glad you brought this up cuz I just I didn't understand where so much of that criticism came from because to me it was like it was very apparent that that Scorsese was taking sort of a satirical aim at, at these people and like was judging them fairly harshly for most of the things they were doing. But also no, it's yeah. like it reminded me it reminded me of Goodfellas in that if you watch the first half of Goodfellas, being in the mob looks fucking awesome. Yeah. And you can go like, well, why would Martin Scorsese glorify being in the mob so much? Being in the mob is horrible, they're criminals. And but, then you watch but, the second <laughs> half of the movie. <laughs> but if you just watch the movie, you see like, oh, maybe it's not such a great thing. Like, there's some problems with this. I'm going to actually use it as a segue to move on from Wolf of Wall Street to American okay. Hustle, which um, I have heard described as Goodfellas for Jews. <laughs> well, I, I think there's, on, there's only one Jew in this movie, and that's Christian Bale. I, so, I, I like... I think David Russell got a lot of, of Scorsese light criticism for uh, American Hustle, a lot of which I actually think is sort of warranted. Uh, but the Goodfellas comparisons, like, it, it didn't fly for me just because Goodfellas is, well, for one thing, it's a vastly better movie. But also, Goodfellas judges its characters in ways that I'm not sure American Hustle does. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to talk about, like, I don't think they're glorified necessarily, but I think American Hustle lets, lets its characters off the hook a lot more than either Goodfellas or Wolf of Wall Street does. Interesting. And so generally what I'm hearing about American Hustle from like people I know and trust is that it's a good movie, but not that great of a movie, and that it's being pretty much overhyped through awards season. Thoughts on that, boys? I kind of agree with that. Yeah. 
I like I walked out of it and I was like that was fine. Um, it might not even be in my in my top half of David O. Russell movies ranked. So like, I thought it was I thought it was like a an okay movie even like by a director who I generally like. Um, yeah, it was. I'd say like it was mediocre. It was fairly forgettable. It was well acted. Um, but there were some things about it I really didn't like, and I am mystified by how many people seem to just unabashedly love it. I'd like to flag for follow-up also, since you made that comment about it being well-acted. Um, news broke a couple of weeks ago that Jennifer Lawrence would be doing another movie with David O. Russell. Um, and I'd like to flag for what we're talking about supporting actress, whether or not you guys see that as a good or a bad thing. We will return to that. Um, so I guess we sort of... I was going to do general commentary first, but I guess we sort of dug into it. I'll just say... Um, in terms of general commentary, that I agree with you, Sam, about how strong a year this is. I think it's, um, let's see, I can do the count right now. Five of the nine nominees were somewhere on my top list, top films of 2013, which is like, that's a pretty good chunk. Uh, got Oscars that the Oscars loved and that I loved this year. Um, and I tend to judge Oscar years by how much they overlap with my own personal taste, obviously. Uh, so I'd say this is a pretty strong Oscar year. Even though I I could see it going in a few directions that that would make me very angry, but most of those directions I've kind of res- resigned myself to anyway. Um, so we talked. Oh, go do ahead, we want to make picks? Yeah. We, is that a thing we're, we're going to do? Yeah, we're, we're definitely going to. I mean, I am historically the worst at predicting the Oscars, <laughs> but I'm happy to embarrass myself and make some picks. Um, so do we want to? I mean, is there more that you feel like we should say about Best Picture before we move on, or do you want to just make some picks? Can I ask you guys a question, actually? You can. Nebraska. So Uh in the past couple of weeks, I've been hearing a lot about Nebraska. The director was on the Colbert Report in an interview that was actually really funny. Um, Is it good? Have y'all seen it? Yes. Yes and yes. Yes and yes. yes. yes? It is really good. (laughs) It was on both of... Sam, it was on your list as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was on both of our top ten lists. Um, I mean, to be fair, Sam and I are unabashed Alexander Payne fanatics, so like, when he releases a movie, we like it. I think, with no exceptions, actually. I've yeah, liked I feel all like, of his did, movies. Didn't we talk about Nebraska a couple podcasts ago, I think? Yeah, you and I, we had a, we had a brief conversation about it, so yeah. we won't spend too much time on it. But... Refer to that if you're interested. Though. Yeah. Um, but yes, it's very good. It made both of our lists. Um, and yeah, I think cool. you're right, Sam. We should just refer people to the, our previous podcast where we discussed it in depth. Yeah. Um... So yeah, that was, a, who do, that was who the do best you guys films of, of twenty thirteen you... podcast, and I should I should clarify. Um, yeah, oh yeah. So why don't we do picks, Rachel? Let's start with you since you have no idea what you're talking about. I'm gonna go with me... Twelve Years a Slave uh, because it's the only one I've seen, and also because it's winning a lot of things. Um, and I think it was really well done. Um, and kind of scary. Well, very scary, obviously, for very many reasons. But it's, I would say that a movie covering that subject matter, it could have been way harder to engage in it um, than it was. And I think that it, because of that fact, um, because of the stellar ensemble performance and just general awesomeness, I think that that is... Definitely a cop, top contender. Samuel? Um, I think 12 Years a Slave is a good pick, but just to be different from Rachel, um, I'm going to go with Gravity. 
But I really think there really are a handful of movies that, you know, if they said, you know, The Wolf of Wall Street or American Hustle one, I wouldn't be particularly surprised. Um, while Her was my favorite movie, I don't think it really has a chance to win Best Picture, just based on how it wasn't really nominated for much else. So I'm going to go with Gravity, just because it was like a huge deal movie. It was a big movie. Yeah, you're both, uh, you, you picked the two that I, so I, 12 Years of Slave was my second favorite movie of the year after Her. I agree with you, Sam. Like, I'm happy Her got nominated because I think it was the best movie last year, but it's generally, it's the type of movie that's not going to win Best Picture, and it didn't get nominated for enough for me to think that maybe it's going to be a great year for Her. Um, so while that'd be great, and I'm glad to see it nominated, I actually, I'd like to see 12 Years of Slave win the most, I think, because it was my second favorite movie, and it's also nominated. Um... However, since Rachel said 12 Years a Slave and you said Gravity, I'll throw it out there that American Hustle might win. I, uh, of the nominees, it would not be the one to make me most angry, but it would be the one that I think is most likely to win that would make me most angry. And I'd still, like, yeah, I'd actually probably be pretty angry if American Hustle won. <laughs> um, I'm trying not to be mad at awards shows, but I feel like I'd be angry if that one won. However, I think those are the three big contenders, so I'll say, why not? I'll say that, just so we have uh, a nice, rounded prediction. Although... I'm really pulling for 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> there we go. What's um, up next? Best Supporting Actor. So the nominees for Best Supporting Actor are Barkhad Abdi for Captain Phillips, Bradley Cooper for American Hustle, Michael Fassbender for 12 Years a Slave, Jonah Hill for The Wolf of Wall Street, and Jared Leto for Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, so is Jared Leto, he's going to win this, right? I mean, that's kind of been the... At this the point, foregone conclusion. At this point, anyone else is a huge upset, I think. Um, but I think it's such, it's like a really good group still. Like, Jonah Hill and Michael Fassbender, I think, have just as much of a claim to the to the trophy as Jonah I would put either of them, like, were we doing the uh, the Ruby Namedies or the Jordan Ferguson Film Awards or whatever you want to call it, uh-huh. I would probably put Michael Fassbender or Jonah Hill above Jared Leto. Um, but Leto winning at this point is kind of a uh, foregone conclusion. I, someone said this, uh, and I don't want to steal credit, I want to say it was Scott Tobias, but someone said that Jared Leto is the Best Supporting Actor Oscar winner from 1991, and, like, <laughs> when I watched Dallas Buyers Club, that's what I that's... felt like. I was like, this feels like a movie that won an Oscar is, like, 20 years ago. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I think, I'd like to talk a little bit about each of these performances, but I think uh, we kind of all know who's going to win this one. Rachel, um, what are your thoughts on this? I imagine since... These are all films that are nominated for Best Picture. 12 Years a Slave remains the only one you've seen. Yes. And everybody knows that I think all of the awards should go to Michael Fassbender. Um, uh-huh. Best Supporting Actress. Did, best Supporting Actress. Michael Fassbender. Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, yeah, no, dude. Definitely. Um, he adapted the screenplay into words. <laughs> which is important. But no, you know, in he actuality, that performance was a really great performance. And I even... I. I this was one of my text messages to Jordan was that I felt like he was not getting a lot of attention because he kind of ruffled some feathers by saying that he wasn't going to campaign this year. Um, I think he was probably feeling a bit burned from shame. Um, And he made a big announcement. He was like, I'm just not, I'm not going to play the game this year. And I think that probably fucked him a lot. Not to mention that, you know, the character that he plays is just so terrible. Um, but he plays it so well. Um, I, I feel like you could say the exact same thing about Jonah Hill and the Wolf of Wall Street. 
they're very different performances in virtually every other way, but I think the character is just so terrible and he plays it so well is a good description of Jonah Hill. Um, I don't think Oscar's really ever shied away, though, from super evil villainy guys. I think they kind of like that often. You look yeah. at, you know, Anthony Hopkins and Harvey, Javier Bardem, Heath Ledger. I think they kind of like, they like the evil. And that's, I don't think that's really going to work against him. I just think, I think if anything, like not campaigning is going to work against him. Uh, like you said, Rachel. Um, but it, it, there's just been like so much momentum behind Jared Leto. It's like, it's almost a foregone conclusion. I think more than really any other category off the top of my head. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. I feel comfortable spending probably the least amount of time uh, on this podcast on that one because if Jared Leto doesn't win, we will be talking about that a whole lot in next week's post telecast. I'm yeah. sure because so, that'll be one of the big upsets. Before we move on, just a shout out to Barkat Abdi who was really good in Captain Phillips. It was it, it was just kind of one of those Oscar roles where it's like, you know, he came, you know, they got him from Minnesota. Um, and he'd never acted before, and he was really, really good. And it's just kind of one of those Oscar stories where, you know, someone kind of comes out of nowhere and does a really great job. So we have he, to- he, he deserves to be there. Even if he's not going to win, I think he definitely earned his spot. We avoided talking about this in Best Picture, but I should mention, Captain Phillips is, at the point of this recording, the only Best Picture nominee I haven't seen. I will have seen it before Oscar night because I make a pledge to myself every year to see all the Best Picture nominees. But I just... Sam... Why don't we take a time here before we move on? Sell me on Captain Phillips, because I just so don't care that, like, I have passed up opportunities to see the movie before this, and just, like, I'm just going to have to force myself to sit down, probably on a plane uh, in the next week, and just knock it out. So sell me on it real quick. Sure. It's Tom Hanks being really, really good. And I think, you know, Tom Hanks we kind of take for granted as an actor now, because he's, like, he's just so lovable. Um... But he is really excellent in this movie, and I think he's one of the bigger snubs, even if I don't think he should have won, you know, Best Actor this year. I think he definitely deserved a nomination, as did um, Abdi. And also, Paul Greengrass is a re- really good at kind of directing these kind of hyper-real, shaky camera movies. I was just going to ask about the shaky camera, because I've literally gotten seasickness from Paul Greengrass movies um, before. I, I can tell you, it was definitely, it was not nauseating. It was uh, it was definitely kind of balanced in that it, it, you know, the effect of having it kind of be more realistic was there. Um, and the movie had some good uh, kind of tension and thriller aspects. It wasn't, it, it wasn't the best picture of the year, and I don't, it didn't really... It, it didn't make my top ten, um, but it's definitely worth seeing. I feel like, yeah. It's, well, you know. I will keep my Oscar oath that I made to myself years and years ago, and I will see it this week. Um, and then we can, you know, if it does, if it doesn't win anything, we can still talk about what I thought of Captain Phillips at some point during the podcast next week. Um, for now, I guess uh, I, Jared Leto is probably all of our vote. Rachel, did you want to dissent? No, it sounds like he's definitely going to win it. Um... Again, based solely on reading of articles, I'm not convinced that he necessarily should. And also, I mean, this was something I was going to bring up with um, Best Actor. Um, But this question of how much... How much, uh, like, praise actors tend to get when they transform for roles. Um, It's true of of female actors. I mean, it's true of actresses, too. I think less so, but 
But you look at, you know, I think Nicole Kidman, people talked about her putting on, like, the fake nose. And when Charlize Theron won for Monster, I mean, the idea of kind of, like, uglying up. Even when Cameron Diaz did Being John Malkovich, she kind of, like... Or Felicity Huffman uh, in Transamerica. Or Felicity in Transamerica. Yeah, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's just kind of common for actors. And any time you, quote, ugly up or something, you get a lot more attention and That's praise. True. That's true. So I, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. I've heard that it's... a quite good movie um but i, I wonder it's a quite if that's okay a case movie for... with two quite good performances <laughs> yes i i definitely think you know leto and mcconaughey were i think better than the movie actually was it was just like a very straightforward kind of biopic yeah and like we we've been kind of glib about jared leto because he's so clearly going to win and because i do not think he was the best person nominated but it is a very good performance um yeah. <laughs> So we should we should throw that out there because I'm sure he hasn't gotten enough love for this yet, right? He's probably listening at home and wondering why we're being so glib about his work. Um, with that, I guess we can move on and uh, talk a little bit about Best Supporting Actress. Um, the nominees in this category are Sally Hawkins for Blue Jasmine, Jennifer Lawrence for American Hustle, Lupita Nyong'o for uh, 12 Years a Slave, Julia Roberts for August Osage County, and June Squibb for Nebraska. Sam, let's start with you. Sure. Um, to me, I feel like this should be like the slam dunk category, like it is for Jared Leto for uh, Lupita Nyong'o for Twelve Years a Slave. But I, this is just—I'm waiting for Jennifer Lawrence to win because I think Oscar loves her, and I think Oscar loves kind of what's popular, and that I think Jennifer Lawrence winning another Oscar would be promoting Hollywood much more than Lupita Nyong'o winning an Oscar. Um, Sally Hawkins was good in Blue Jasmine. I thought June Squibb was really good in Nebraska. She kind of stole the movie, Rachel, if you're looking to see that movie. I had heard. Check out June Squibb. Um, Check out, don't close your eyes and plug your ears during all of June Squibb's yeah. scenes. Okay. Yeah. You keep, Nebraska, her, keep your eyes and ears open for her. Um, I did not see o- uh, August Osage County. I was like, August Osage County. Um, August o- A. Osage County. Osage. Um, I'm not really a huge Julia Roberts fan, per se, but I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know how good she was. Um, I'll, uh, I'll come out of the gates for Julia Roberts on this, not to win or anything. We'll get to that in a second. But I'm not a Julia Roberts fan either, and this is maybe the best I've ever seen her be. Um, I love, Sam, that you kind of underplayed that, considering that our freshman year of college, you once made a comment that was, I don't understand why people think Julia Roberts is attractive. It's like every time she smiles, her skull is going to slip out of her face. Yeah, but you know, but but Julia, it's like... That's just, like, I don't find her attractive, but that doesn't have anything to do with, like, what kind of actress she is. I'm really glad that, Rachel, you brought that up, because that quote of Sam's has been seared onto my memory as well, (laughs) and it's exact wording for, like, seven years now. Um, Because that was a a great Sam moment. But I actually think, I don't think Julia Roberts has ever impressed me nearly as much as she did in August Osage County, which, again, isn't necessarily saying that much, because I haven't been particularly impressed with her in pretty much anything before. But I thought she was very good, so I'll plug her there. I'm glad you you get to stand up for her. Yeah, Um, with very faint praise. (laughs) Again, I haven't seen it, so I can't really say for sure. But I do think Lupita Nyong'o is the best of the group, and I think J-Law is going to win because everybody loves her. You know, I I like J-Law a lot. I thought she was was fine in American Hustle. Actually, I I wasn't, like, in love with her Long Island accent as much as everybody else was. Um, but, uh, you know, she was good. I don't, I just, I don't know how anyone could 
I challenge anyone to look me in the eye and tell me that Jennifer Lawrence was better than Lupita Nyong'o in 12 Years a Slave if they've seen both. And J-Law, you know, won over, won for, um, won for American Hustle at the Golden Globes. I don't know, were they in the same category? They was were not American in the Hustle same category. Comedy? American Hustle was comedy at the Golden Globes, I believe. Okay. I will double check on that right now, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Um, so, I guess, your thoughts, Lawrence will win, you want Lupita Nyong'o to win? Yes. Uh, Rachel, any commentary on this? Um... Other than I don't understand how anybody could win over Lupita Nyong'o, having, again, not seen any of the others. Um, <laughs> it was... Well, that, in, in that case, it's definitely true how you can't see how anyone else could <laughs> yeah. win. You literally <laughs> cannot see how someone else could win. Yeah, I don't. I, there's a developing trend I'm finding here. Um, but no, her performance was really fantastic. And um, I don't know. I think there there might be a chance that she edges it out over Jennifer Lawrence. She's Lupita Nyong'o has been getting a lot of award season love, not necessarily in the awards, but elsewhere. And I wonder if, um, you know, if it was, if it's enough to kind of push her over a little bit. We'll see. I don't know. I, I have a feeling it'll probably go to Jennifer Lawrence, but I'm not completely sold that it's a foregone conclusion as in the best actor category uh, supporting actor but sure Definitely. um i'm gonna throw my my uh weight behind lupita nyong'o to actually win it um not only because i think she's drastically better than jennifer lawrence and i actually uh my commentary on jennifer lawrence performance which i liked was that this exact performance has won best supporting actress probably 15 times like she plays a character who's won who you know Characters exactly like this have won the role, the, the award, a dozen times at least, and like she does it well. But it just, it just felt like supporting actress uh, to me, at more than it ever felt like this is a great performance, or like I really like what she's doing here. And again, I like Jennifer Lawrence. Everybody likes Jennifer Lawrence. She was good in American Hustle. I was less impressed by her than I think almost anyone else was, though. Um, I think, I mean. Peerlessly, I think Lupita Nyong'o's performance was the best supporting actress performance of the year. Um, But I also, I mean, we mentioned June Squibb briefly earlier, but I want to throw it out there that I thought she was phenomenal. And I don't think she's got a shot in hell, but I would rather see her win than Jennifer Lawrence. um, Because I thought she she did, she had a couple scenes that I think were really hard to to walk the line tonally, and she nailed every single one of them. Um, she manages to be really funny and really sad in exactly the right measurements and exactly where you need her to be. Um, and I thought she was fantastic. Sally Hawkins was also really good. This is kind of a stacked category. Um, but I would say I hope Lupita wins. If not, maybe June Scroop can win. That'd be great. Um, and I guess if Jennifer Lawrence wins, we can all, you know, have a parade or something. <laughs> I just think it's interesting. And I feel like this has been the last couple of years. Um where the best supporting actress category is both more talked about and kind of way more interesting than the best actress category. I don't think that's brand new. I think most of the time supporting actresses is the stronger category. And I think mostly that's because of uh, the roles that women get in Hollywood, which is they're more likely to get a media supporting role than they are to get a media leading role. Very true. So I think, like... <laughs> the sad truth. Is yeah, the sad, the sad truth is just they're going to get better roles in the supporting category um, most of the time. And so I think that category tends to be stronger. But even in that case, I think this is a very strong category. Like, I've seen all of these performances, and 
I left the movie, uh, each of the movies, they were not all in one movie, that would be weird. I left each of these movies um, saying that the performance was great. Um, maybe Sally Hawkins is the one that I was thinking about the least when I left the movie, but like, as we'll talk, get to when we talk to actress, there's a good reason for that. Um, and I think every one of these performances was great. All of them deserve an Oscar nomination. And honestly, I won't be mad if any of them wins. Although, again, I'll be a little irked for probably dumb reasons if Jennifer Lawrence wins. Just because, like, Jennifer Lawrence is great and has an Oscar and she'll get more. I just don't think this was anywhere near her at the top of her game. Um, but you know what? If she gets an Oscar, no, uh, I, I will be mad. I'd, I'd like to pretend I won't be mad, but I'll be mad. <laughs> it's just like the logic is if, if Jennifer Lawrence wins, you know, people can explain it away by saying Jennifer Lawrence was good and that's fine. But you have to you have to tell me that she was better than the rest of the nominees. And right. I just don't really see I don't really see a way that she's better than Lupita Nuango was in Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah, you know, I I, just, I I don't see that. I might put her in fourth or fifth if I were ranking in this category in terms of the actual strength of the performances. Uh, again, it's a very stacked category, so that's not saying anything particularly negative about the performance. But it's, it's yeah, I think, look me in the eyes and tell me she's better than Lupita. Look me in the eyes and tell me she's better than June Squibb. I think I, I could even have a conversation about whether she's better than Julie Roberts or Sally Hawkins in their respective movies. Um, and that's what, it, that's what the category should come down to, even though it often doesn't. Um, any last thoughts on supporting actors before we move on? Let's move on. All right, we're going to talk Best Adapted Screenplay next. Um, the nominees here are Richard Linklater, Ethan Hawke, and Julie Delpy for Before Midnight, due to the weird quirk that all sequels are automatically adapted screenplays. That makes no sense. Makes but... no sense, but that's where they are. Um, Billy Ray for Catherine Phillips, who I assume is not Billy Ray Cyrus, although that would be pretty funny. If it was Billy Ray Cyrus, Jordan, don't you think it would be Billy Ray Cyrus? I do, but... <laughs> <laughs> Fine, fair enough. Uh, Steve Coogan and Jeff Pope for Philomena, John Ridley for 12 Years a Slave, and Terrence Winter for The Wolf of Wall Street. So, Rachel, you want to come out and talk about 12 Years a Slave screenplay? <laughs> uh, Lucky for Rachel, yeah. that's the one she saw. It's nominated for everything. Yeah, so. it's, it's a, if you're going to see one, it was a good one to see. Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have that much to say on, on this category, having, you know... It's harder to judge the source material by um, the interaction that I've had with most of these films, um, which is none. well, with, yeah, with most of them it is none. <laughs> which is which is a couple of degrees separated, I guess. But um, I don't know. I would. I really like Steve Coogan. It would be fun if he won something. <laughs> Trenchant analysis. Yes, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I also like Steve Coogan, and it would be kind of fun if he won something. I don't think he's going to win anything for this. I actually think this is going to come down to um, Twelve Years a Slave or The Wolf of Wall Street. I I'm not really sure who which I'd go with. I'm actually leaning towards Terrence Winter, who wrote The Wolf of Wall Street, um, partially just because it says. I mean, half the lines in the script are just fuck. So I think that. <laughs> That deserves a certain amount of praise. Um, but I just, you know, I thought it was a really rich script. And, you know, I just think it's probably the best between... Yeah, I mean, Captain Phillips, I think, drew most of his attention not from the script, even though I guess all the direction was in the script. Um, yeah, and I haven't seen Before Midnight, so 
I can't speak to that one. I just I like the I like the words in the Wolf of Wall Street the most. So, so probably the guy who wrote them should win. I think I think it's funny that you you bring up uh, the amount of times the word fuck is used because it is supposedly the record holder at this point. But I saw the movie twice, and the second time I was specifically paying attention to it, and still it didn't feel overused to me, which is I, no, I think kind of incredible. Natural, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Edward, unless you're watching like a supercut of all the fucks in it, it doesn't seem like. No, like there, I mean, there are. It's the word is used a lot, but it it never once took me out of the movie or even close. Um, which I think is is saying something. That being said, I would give it to John Ridley, whose uh, screenplay for Twelve Years a Slave really blew me away. There are a lot of just phenomenal monologues in this movie, and I mean, part of it is the quality of the actors just tearing into them. But I just, I think. I think Ridley knocked it out of the park. Um, while I loved The Wolf of Wall Street, I also will give the plug for Before Midnight, which I don't think will win, maybe only because the three of them won for Before Sunset back in 2004. Um, so I'm not sure that just every time they write a screenplay together, they're going to get an Oscar. Although I'm also not sure they don't deserve one because the script for that is amazing and a lot of that movie ends up coming down to the script and the way that, you know, it's written by the director and the two stars. And one of the things that's really special about the before movies, which if you, either of you haven't seen, you should check out, um, is the way that these actors really inhabit the roles. And they feel like, you know, I think Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy are good actors elsewhere, but these are the roles that will define their lives for me. I mean, they inhabit them completely. And I think the way that they, they sort of, Bring these characters back uh, when you haven't seen them for nine years between installments immediately and just live in them and let you figure out everything that's changed about these characters over the course of the screenplay without being obvious about it is really impressive work. And I think, again, a lot of that is is the script. So I also think this is a very strong category, but I would put my weight behind 12 Years a Slave uh, with a shout out to Before Midnight, which I think is really quality work that's probably not going to win. Um, any last thoughts on adapted screenplay? Nope. All right, we're moving on. Uh, best original screenplay. The nominees are Eric Warren Singer and David O. Russell for American Hustle, Woody Allen for Blue Jasmine, uh, Craig Borton and Melissa Wallach for Dallas Buyers Club, Spike Jones for Her, and Bob Nelson for Nebraska. Um, Sam, I'm going to start with you because Rachel hasn't seen any of these movies, so we'll nope. let her spitball sure. in a minute. <laughs> Sure. Um, I think my favorite is probably uh, Spike Jones's, just because that was my favorite movie of the year. Um, I don't think it's it's probably not going to win. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if any of the other nominees won over her. Um, but I do think it was the best script of the year. I think Spike Jones Spike Jones came up with a premise that could have been. It could have easily been stupid, and I think like a lot of people kind of laughed at the premise in you know when there were trailers for the movie. But he kind of he kind of found a way to write a really like touching story about love, um, and that can be tricky when everything has you know everything ever has been written about love already. So to kind of have kind of have a uh, fresh take on it that is impactful as it was, I think he deserves a ton of credit. Though you know Woody Allen could also win. <laughs> Yeah, if if we want the uh, the internet to explode, um, although as we were talking, we we're actually talking about this during the pre-show. I think I think Woody Allen 
like the likelihood of Woody Allen winning is much higher than it should be, considering everything that's going on. Because sometimes Hollywood likes to be controversial and protect its own. Um, hey, I mean, Roman Polanski won for Best Director for right. China, so. Like Hollywood, it's not beyond Hollywood to go. Oh, you guys all hate Woody Allen right now. Here's an Oscar, Woody. Um, I would hope that's not the case. I actually think. I'm gonna go out on the limb and say that I think her could win here. I don't think it's the most likely, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna put my uh, my vote behind it just because the Academy clearly liked it enough to nominate it for Best Picture, and it's not gonna win anything else. So I could see it getting enough votes in original screenplay. Not to mention the fact that I think it is the best original screenplay. I mean, if you don't count Before Midnight as an original screenplay, which I think you should, even if you do, I think her is probably the best original screenplay of the last year. Um, that being said, if we're having an American Hustle night, I could see American Hustle winning very easily. Um, I could see Nebraska winning just because people like Alexander Payne, and it was a great script. But it's not an Alexander Payne uh, written script, which is rare for him. Um, and I wonder if that's messing with the, the chances. It shouldn't, because I think Bob Nelson's script is fantastic, but I feel like, I don't know, do you think, there, do you think that has any effect, or do you think I'm just being crazy? I don't think that has a huge effect um you know it was good and if it was good enough it wins i just i I don't i don't see her or nebraska likely winning i think nebraska has a better chance than her um i still i think if i'm actually going to bet on who wins i think eric warren singer and david o russell are going to win for american hustle um just because it's american hustle and i feel like if i don't know who's going to win something and american hustle is there i'm going to just pick american hustle I think, honestly, I think American Hustle is, is the messiest screenplay here, and I don't usually, I mean, like, in this instance, I don't mean messy in a good way. Um, it would be Miley's favorite, but also, I think, like like I said, if we're having an American Hustle night next Sunday, American Hustle very possibly could win Best Original Screenplay. Um, Rachel, do you have any uh, outsider thoughts on these, having not seen them? Well, I was going to say, just based on the <laughs> just calculus... Just going to keep digging her for it. Just based on the calculus, I feel like there is one of two things that's going to happen. Either it's going to either it's going to be an American Hustle night and this will go to American Hustle or this will be the outlier category where the academy kind of applauds a movie that people liked but that isn't going to pick up anything else elsewhere and so I could also see it going to her or Nebraska with just based on the fact that it's Spike Jones leaning towards it being her if there is if that's the kind of outcome. Um, but I don't know. I really hope it's not Woody Allen because that would just make me really angry. Well, if it makes you feel better, he won't be there. So yeah, well, yeah, doesn't. But that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I so I always think the Oscar ceremony is more interesting. Obviously, if something isn't sweeping, uh, I don't think that's a controversial statement. So I'm gonna hope for that and for the fact that I don't like American Hustle as much as a lot of people do that we're not having an American Hustle night, and I'm betting on her. Uh, Sam, you say you're betting on American Hustle? Yeah, sure. All right. Whatever. We probably don't even remember what we bet on no by idea. the time we do part two of this podcast next week. Fair enough, though. Why don't we move on? Um, Rachel, your discussion of Nebraska actually makes it perfect that we're moving on to Best Actor next. Um, the nominees here are Christian Bale for American Hustle, Bruce Dern for Nebraska, Leonardo DiCaprio for The Wolf of Wall Street, Chiwetelo Giafor for uh, 12 Years a Slave, and Matthew McConaughey for Dallas Buyers Club. Um, Rachel, you want to talk about Chiwetel? <laughs> sure. Um, I thought his performance was really strong. It wasn't 
the standout performance in the film for me, but it was a really stellar performance, obviously. Um, so I would not be sad if it went to him. I'm interested to talk to y'all about Leonardo DiCaprio. There was that nonsense no. a couple of weeks ago about um, how maybe Entertainment Tonight had sort of spoiled that Leonardo DiCaprio was going to win by showing they an didn't. Oscar statuette. They didn't. They, they didn't. They, <laughs> no, they make they make the they showed the plaque that said Leonardo DiCaprio for best winner, but they make a plaque for everybody. Right, everyone gets a plaque, and like only one of the plaques goes on an Oscar. Right. <laughs> that, yeah, that was that was a non-controversy to me. It's like, do you guys do you know nothing about how the Oscars work? So, but like just in general with Leonardo DiCaprio, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh my god, it's so his time. But if you're going to be talking about time i don't see how it could go to somebody other than bruce dern well here's the thing uh i think nebraska i think bruce dern was really really great and you can definitely i think you can make an argument for just about any of these guys except for me christian bale even though i think a lot of people would make an argument for christian bale um i think this might be the most stacked acting category um and i i feel like we haven't gotten a super stacked best actor category in a while I might just be misremembering, but I feel like this is a really, really strong group. And between Bruce Dern, all the way through the rest of everybody else, if they win, it's fine. Um, I I'm not really like a huge Leonardo DiCaprio fan, and like how everyone talks about how like oh he hasn't gotten his Oscar. I don't think Leo's been in a movie where he's deserved to win the Oscar. Um, I think this is this is my favorite performance of his in uh, The Wolf of Wall Street, and if he wins it fine if he doesn't win it it's not like martin scorsese not winning for raging bull or something or goodfellas um mcconaughey can definitely win it edge of four can definitely win it for 12 years of slave he was great bruce stern you know he was he was the main draw i think for a lot of people for nebraska about how good his performance was uh christian bale was again he was fine you know he he gained weight and i don't think gaining weight or losing weight for a role is inherently like <laughs> award worthy I think people kind of look back to Raging Bull and and Robert De Niro who gained weight for that role and you know he won an Oscar for it and everyone's like oh you should you know gain weight for the for the craft but I think people forget you know Robert De Niro didn't win the Oscar for Raging Bull because he gained weight he won the Oscar for that role because he was really really fucking good in that movie and especially in that I mean in that movie particularly he wasn't really heavy for most of the movie and most of the movie he was like in shape as a boxer um but I digress. Uh, <laughs> I, I really love Raging Bull, but I, I think there's kind of like this fallacy that gaining or losing weight for actors and actresses somehow makes you a better actor or actress, and that's not the case. Just ask Jared Leto, who was in that uh, John Lennon movie, and he gained weight for that role, and it was supposed to be fucking terrible. So, anyway. Um, McConaughey lost weight as Christian Bale gained weight, and McConaughey was really good. Edge of Four was really good. Um, if I had to pick someone to win, I think it, I think Leo's going to win just because I feel like there's there's kind of this drumbeat that he needs to win an Oscar, even though I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, of this, uh, my favorite performance, I can't really pick, honestly. I So I'll come out and say I disagree with you in terms of whether I think Leo deserves to win an Oscar um, in general and uh, in specific for The Wolf of Wall Street. I kind of, outside of Scorsese, who I think is pretty uniformly fantastic every time he makes a movie. I kind of hate the idea that, like, well, it's their time to win an Oscar. Like, they just, they need to win an Oscar for something. 
Because I feel like, no, you win an Oscar for a particular performance, even though often you don't. But in my mind, you should win an Oscar for a particular performance and not for the fact that you didn't win Oscars for performances you should have won for before. Um, that being said, Wolf of Wall Street is is maybe my favorite Leo performance. Um, I like The Aviator better than just about everyone. Um, <laughs> so I thought he was phenomenal in that movie, and that might be up there. But he's equally as good in The Wolf of Wall Street, probably, and maybe even a little bit better. So this would not, I don't think, be a case of it's his time to win as opposed to, uh, you know, I don't think this would be the Oscars just tossing one his way because they think that they should have given him one before. I think if he wins for The Wolf of Wall Street, it will be a deserved Oscar. Um, and I say that even though I agree with you, Sam, this category is incredibly stacked. Uh, on Matthew McConaughey, who I think is probably the most likely to win, just based on the fact that he's won, like, pretty much everything else, I would say, like, it's a great performance, and my least favorite Matthew McConaughey performance of last year. Like, I thought he was way better in Mud. I thought his big monologue in The Wolf of Wall Street was better than anything he did in Dallas Buyers Club. So, like, if he wins for Dallas Buyers Club, okay. Um, but it was my least favorite performance of his last year. Which it, re- like, it really is the year of McConaughey. Yeah. It's still just so park. weird. It's still just so weird for me to, like, even think about him in... A serious role. I also hear that he's doing really, really great things on True Detective. Yes. Oh, you don't watch that either, Rach? I doesn't do anything. I am about to start it actually because I somebody told me to watch it, and yeah, he's he's pretty phenomenal. I've heard it's really good, and also yeah. I'm just I I'm interested in like the form of that show. Um, I've been watching a lot of murder mystery recently, uh-huh. uh, so it makes sense. Uh, and also, yeah, I just like the idea of the kind of like. No, like the complete revamp at the end of a season to create a completely new story and a completely with a completely new cast in the same show. So well, that's what that's what they do with American Horror Story. Yeah, that's, but I can't do horror. HBO is going to get McConaughey and Emmy win because he won't go up against Brian Cranston. He'll he'll be nominated for miniseries or movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna derail this because I feel like. What, we'll is this about, not a miniseries or movie podcast? I feel like we'll talk about True Detective in two weeks when the season ends because uh, you and I at least watch it, Sam. Uh, Chris watches Sorry, it and Rachel, Rachel should be caught up by then. Um, so I'll plug that and say, we'll have this conversation in two weeks and Rachel will catch up by then. Um, with that, so yeah, McConaughey, I think is, I, my my guess would be McConaughey. My pit, personal pick would be Chiwetel Ejiofor, who I think, I agree with you, Rachel, that I don't think he was the stand-up performance in the movie, because I think Lupita Nyong'o was the stand-up performance in the movie, but, I mean, that, that's sort of a, you know, it, I don't think that's a fair way to assess the performance, because I think what he does is just a titanic piece of acting. I think, yeah. like, there are so many there are so many things he has to play, and there are so many different like tones, different ranges, different various ways that his attitude changes over the course of the movie it's it's an incredible incredible performance and i think it's the best uh performance by an actor a lead actor i saw last year definitely um so my hope would be for him but i'm guessing matthew mcconaughey will win uh rich i don't remember did you did you uh predict i i didn't and i don't really feel like i'm in a place to do that but um okay you don't have to knock and twist your arm i'm gonna say leo I'm going to say Leo wins. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. That's really? my bold prediction. Though I want, I kind of want McConaughey to win because I heard he's going to, he's going to say, all right, all right, all right, if he wins. Well, he's done that every time he's won so far. And I think that's pretty fucking great. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't really care that much about the Oscars. So I'd rather be entertained by Matthew McConaughey going, all right, all right, all right. 
I really hope that like the academy isn't voting the way that you're thinking. Like, oh, for completely rent, like they say, say fuck a lot. lot. All right, so we should vote for him. Yeah, well, they say fuck a lot and Wolf of Wall Street, so that should win best screenplay. And uh, McConaughey's gonna go all right, all right, all right. There you go. They should have my line of thinking. You know, Rachel, you shouldn't feel so bad either because most of the people voting for Oscars haven't seen any of the movies either. So. Yeah, it's basically like we have an Ampus voter on the podcast with us today. It's too bad we... I mean, I saw most of the documentaries. Well, what's funny is um, the difference between you and the average Ampus voter is they probably haven't seen 12 Years a Slave uh, and instead have seen American Hustle. <laughs> because I remember I've reading... Seen, I've seen all the shorts too, which I'm proud of. Yeah. We could really do a supplementary podcast on the shorts and the documentaries, I think, but... You know what, though? The, the, the live-action shorts, I think there was only one good one. Uh, which one did you think was the one good one? The French one, duh. Uh, which one was... Oh, the French one? Eh. I actually had some problems with that, but we're not talking about those, I guess. Um, we could talk about those another time. For now, should we... I think we should move on and talk about Best Actress. Um, the nominees here are Amy Adams for American Hustle... Kate Blanchett for Blue Jasmine, Sandra Bullock for Gravity, Judy Dench for Philomena, and Meryl Streep for being in a movie. Uh, this time, August of Dutch <laughs> County. Um, Rachel, thoughts on any of these? I obviously adore, adore, adore everyone in, well, nearly everyone in this category. This is a I, great category. Too. I wouldn't go yeah. adore, adore, adore for Sandra Bullock. She might get like one adore. Um, but the rest <laughs> probably get three. Um, <laughs> this is the weirdest scale of, of uh, criticism I've ever heard, but okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rachel doesn't do thumbs up. She does adores. Adores. You get three adores. Three adores. Um, I, I still have how many adores? <laughs> my rating is all rights for Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> this gets three all rights. All right, all right. So clearly people three should totally uh, trust our judgment and listen to our podcast. Um, yeah, definitely keep listening to our podcast. I really love Amy Adams, and not to be really cynical, but uh, not cynical. I, I, w- I, I kind of hope Amy Adams wins, just because she's, she's been Amy having Adams. such a rough time these past couple of weeks, I guess. Um, but I also love Kate Blanchett. I think that that's probably where it's going to go. She's been winning them elsewhere, um, and I like her, even though she's in a movie by Woody Allen. But whatever, it's fine. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel like I like all of these people. And so having not seen any of those movies, don't really mind whoever wins. It, like, it's pretty cool with me. It'll be somebody who I, I feel probably the deserves it. I are still friends so that I can listen to these uh, brilliant You know what, Jordan? <laughs> Sam? What are your thoughts on the best actress category? Sure. I'm actually, I'm kind of in, like, I'm a huge Amy Adams fan, and I kind of hope she wins, and I'll just pretend it's for her instead of American Hustle. And you know what? She was also really good in American Hustle, too. I shouldn't, I don't want to put down that performance either. I actually think she was my favorite part of American Hustle. Um, Kate Planchett is probably going to win, like we've said, because she's been winning everything, and that'll just at least make for a fun, awkward moment at the Oscars where will she address Woody? How will she address Woody? Et cetera. Um, Sandra Bullock, I've never liked her more than I liked her in Gravity, and she didn't have a ton of lines in Gravity, but I thought she did a great job. Uh, Judy Dench, I thought was really, really good in Philomena movie, kind of like a small movie that I ended up really liking. Um, and I didn't see, uh, Meryl Streep, so, <laughs> sorry Meryl, suck it. Um, on Philomena, I think, I think actually Philomena is 
a better movie than Dallas Buyers Club, but I would put it in the same uh, realm just in terms of, like, I thought Dench and Steve Coogan were better than the movie they were in, and I thought they were both uh, very good. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I do, I did like Philomena better than Dallas Buyers Club, though, um, for a variety of reasons. One of which is, I think Judy Dench was awesome. Um, I want Kate Blanchett to win. I know that might be controversial because she was in a Woody Allen movie, but... She was good. I mean, yeah, she was definitely I don't think, good. Frank, frankly, like, I know Woody has some role in her performance, but to me, this is a Kate Blanchett nomination, not a Woody Allen nomination, and she was my favorite uh, lead actress performance last year. Um, I Blue Jasmine, like, basically, in terms of concepts for a movie, it's pretty low concept. It's just Streetcar Named Desire with, like, a financial uh, crisis <laughs> backdrop and San Francisco instead of New Orleans. But, like, it's basically just Kate Blanchett doing Streetcar, and if that doesn't sound awesome to you, I don't know what to tell you. Um... She knocks it out of the park. She's phenomenal. I want her to win. Um, you're right, Sam, that I think Amy Adams was my favorite part of American Hustle. Um, Amy Adams was better in her, but no one's going to pay attention to that fact, apparently. Um, and I'd like to see her get an Oscar, so that'd be great. Meryl Streep, Meryl Streep's got enough Oscars, and like she's very good in August Osage County, but she's very good in... There are two Meryl Streep modes in my mind, one of which is like Meryl Streep acting, and one of which is Meryl Streep actually acting, um, and I feel like August Osage County is a very big, like, Meryl Streep of the, of the former category. It's, it's a very stagey performance in a movie that is based on a stage play, and is generally very stagey, um, and it's, it's great, it is, but I prefer my Meryl Streep more in the adaptation mode than in the August Osage County mode. If she wins an Oscar for this, I wouldn't be surprised. She's probably my least favorite of the performances here. Um, and I still thought she was fantastic in it. Uh, so, yeah, this is also a very strong category. I'm going to put my weight behind uh, Kate Blanchett, but I will also second you, Sam, in saying Sandra Bullock has never been better than Gravity. And, like, if she had not won for The Blind Side and, and won for Gravity this year, I would have no qualms at all about that. If she wins for Gravity, I'll call it, like, we'll be even, Sandra. Like, you deserve one of your Oscars. It's fine. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I hope Kate Blanchett wins. And Sam, you, you're polling for who again? I'm rooting for Amy Adams. I think, I think Kate Blanchett's going to win. I think, you know, certainly deserved. Again, this is a, this is a good category. That seems to be a running thing here. Again, I think it was it's really a really strong Oscar year. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm rooting for Amy because I think she's a great actress and it's kind of like, I just think you kind of deserve an Oscar just for all the shit you've done. Um, the, the kind of Oscar uh, winning that I don't like to happen. but That you don't like to happen, but I also hate the Oscars in general. So And like know, it happens the all the time, so it's not like I can fight against it just by going, we shouldn't do it this way, organization I am not a part of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not crazy about the organization, but I, I do like, you know, act- actors and actresses and directors that I like getting recognition. So if, if winning for American Hustle means, you know is the only way Amy Adams is going to get that recognition. I'm in favor of that, even though, you know, I don't think American Hustle is her best role ever. But she was very good. Yeah. But Kate Blanchett will win. Probably. Sorry, everybody else. And you know what? I'm okay with it. I, I That's what I'm rooting for. Why don't we close things down now with a discussion of best director. Um, the nominees here are David O. Russell for American Hustle, a movie I still kind of think he named to rhyme with his name. Um... <laughs> Alfonso Cuaron for Gravity. 
Alexander Payne for Nebraska, Steve McQueen for 12 Years a Slave, and Martin Scorsese for The Wolf of Wall Street. Um, Sam, why don't we start with you here? Sure. Um, for me, I think in terms of who will win and who I think should win, I think it's kind of a two-director race between Alfonso Cuaron and Steve McQueen. Honestly, if either of them win, I am totally okay with that. And if, you know, I, I, I like Alexander Payne and I think he deserves to be nominated. I just, I don't think, I don't see him really standing up to those two guys. Martin Scorsese, you can definitely make a case, though I don't think he's in that top two spot. And David O. Russell, you know, it was David O. Russell. He was, of course, he was going to get a nomination. I will be angry if David O. Russell wins because the achievements of Quaron and McQueen this year were really, really outstanding. I mean, 12 Years a Slave, it's just kind of that juxtaposition between, like, the ugliness of slavery, but it's all happening on, like, these giant, beautiful plantations. I think Steve McQueen kind of took advantage of that, and that's, like, it's a beautiful movie with all these, like, horrific things happening. Um, Well, a beautiful-looking movie, anyway. Um, And Alfonso Cuaron, just as, like, a technical achievement, made one of the most engrossing movies ever made and kind of gave credence to the whole idea of 3D being not just a terrible fad. Um, So really, either of those guys, if they win, I'll be happy. You can make a case for either. Payne was good. Scorsese was a little better. David O. Russell was fine. Um, Yeah, that's my thing. Quaron or McQueen, um, I'm going to pick Quaron to win. No real reason. Yeah, I I completely agree with you, and I guess I'll go with McQueen just to be interesting. Um, But... It's a two-man race, and if anyone else wins, like, I like, uh, I like David Russell generally, even though I've been down on him on this podcast and don't love American Hustle. Um, obviously I love Alexander Payne and Martin Scorsese, uh, so, they're all great and all. This is a two-man race in my mind, and if any of the rest of them wins, this is the only time, maybe, that I could potentially be angry if Martin Scorsese won a Best Director <laughs> Oscar, because, yeah, 12 Years of Slave and Gravity are just just huge achievements in directing and I, and in very different ways. So I'm glad to see them share the category uh, because yeah, they're, they're just both very good in very different ways. And I think, I think like you said, Quran sort of did one of the most engrossing big blockbuster movies of all time. And, and he's, I think he gets hit on like uh, bagged on a lot for being a bit showy, but if ever you're going to be showy, gravity is the movie for that. And that, 17-minute opening shot is just a thing of beauty. And the rest of the movie that follows it is pretty much equally good. This is something... People talk a lot about the screenplay for Gravity being, like, not all that strong, and I I think it's stronger than a lot of people give it credit for, um, although I do see some of the weaknesses. But it's clear this is a director's movie, uh, if anything, this year was. So I might I might want the edge to go to Quran, especially because I think 12 Years a Slave will hopefully win a lot of things elsewhere. Um, but then again, like you said, Sam, Steve McQueen did this, this gorgeous movie that was simultaneously horrifying. And I think, I think he weaved the way that, that, that slavery was built into this, this culture incredibly well with the camera alone. I mean, the screenplay was doing a lot of work. The performances were doing a lot of work, but this movie works just as a piece of directing as much as it works as anything else. It's, it's really kind of astounding. And I think easily McQueen's biggest achievement to date. Uh, I've liked, I liked shame. I liked hunger. Um, didn't love either, but they were both, I thought very good. And this movie is just, it's next level. So 
Either way, I'd be happy there. And I, like I said, I guess since you said Quaron, I'll say McQueen to be interesting. But I, I kind of, I kind of want Quaron to win, honestly. Um, any final thoughts on the Oscars before we actually see the Oscars? <laughs> the wrong people will win. Um, <laughs> I'm sure that's the only thing I've always been sure of that has come to pass with every Oscars. You're gonna, we're gonna be angry about something. So yeah, get I ready try for to- it. I, I try and I do better than I than I did in years past. I try not to get too angry about it, but I still will always get a little angry when the wrong people win, and it it is inevitable. At least the thing is, if you have opinions about every category, as I try to, and as you, I know Sam tried to, and as Rachel sometimes tries to, it's inevitable. <laughs> Rachel's you're like, be... come on, twelve years a slave. <laughs> Wait, can I actually just add something? Because you didn't, I didn't talk at all about the director stuff, but I do want to say that to continue my kind of clarion call on this one, um, I thought that the direction by Steve McQueen was amazing. If only for there's one scene that really sticks out in my brain, and like spoiler alert, I guess, but um, the scene not that far into the film where. Um, Paul Dano's character attempts to lynch uh, Solomon. Yeah. That scene, the direction on that scene, like that scene as a whole, was so impactful for how long it made you look at it, even though you wanted to look away. The everything else that's going on around that, like action. That scene was incredible. I think Steve McQueen should win Best Direction for that scene alone. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Um, and sorry, I thought we'd we'd gone to you, one director. Excuse me for skipping you. You're the worst. Um, I am the worst. <laughs> but yeah, I'll go back to the point that I was making, which is if you care about as many of the categories as we tend to, um, you're it's almost inevitable you'll be disappointed at some point during the evening. But as we've been saying throughout this episode, this is a really strong year for the Oscars. So. I'd like to think that even if the things I want to win won't win, I will walk away not too angry at the end of the night. Um, any final thoughts from either of the two of you? When I hear maybe. silence, I think that means it's silence. time to wrap up the show. Maybe, um, maybe I'll see a couple more of these movies before the Oscars. That'd be There's nice. There's still time. We will, be, still we will be back in what I am uh, calling part two of this podcast Next week, uh, after the Oscars have aired, we'll be able to talk about the things we liked and didn't like about the telecast, the things we liked and didn't like about who won, and, you know, general impressions. So, stick with us. Come back next week. Uh, for now, this has been the Review Your Name podcast. I have been Jordan, and to be continued.